afternoon. From the Sierra to the Delta and everywhere in between, 305 on a Wednesday afternoon. Kelly Brothers in for John McGinnis. John taking the day off. I believe he's back tomorrow. And he asked me to sit in. Always a pleasure to sit in for the great John McGinnis. So much to talk about. So much going on today from the Fed uh, to abortion to politics. Uh, but I just wanted to start off uh, with I just wanted to start off with some local sports, mainly because I think one of these stories is being or both are being ignored, really. And it's too bad. And I just I want to bring him to I mean, I mean, this is a Sacramento show. This is a Sacramento show. And I think we need to celebrate the locals who are doing incredible work. Dusty Baker, Johnny B. Dusty Baker. If you've ever met Dusty, you know what it. You just get the. He just emanates class and integrity. Uh, yet last night he joined an elite 2000 win club, the first black manager in the history of Major League Baseball to ever have 2000 wins. 10 of the 12 who have reached 2,000 wins are in the Hall of Fame. The only other one who isn't is Bruce Bochy, who is not eligible for induction yet. He will certainly go in the Hall of Fame with three World Series championships. But Dusty's ours. Dusty, I mean, no matter where he has gone, Cincinnati, the Cubs, San Francisco, now Houston, he always comes home to Sacramento. He's the pride of Del Campo High School. His son played baseball here, and as a matter of fact, had a walk-off hit last night, almost to congratulate his dad on his 2,000th win. He's playing in the minor leagues right now. His name is Darren Baker. But uh, Dusty, I mean, when you think of his history, he was on deck when Hank Aaron hit the 715th home run, breaking the record at that time. Uh, He was an Atlanta Brave for a long time. He was, of course, a Dodger as well, believe it or not. But uh, a great local guy who now has a wine business, who loves music. You can't help but like Dusty Baker. And he's, when the Houston Astros got caught cheating, 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 there was only one, and they fired the entire front office, they fired the manager, there was only one guy they could go to to kind of speed the resurrection of their own reputation. And they hired Dusty Baker. That's really all you need to know about Dusty. And that team's doing well, and so congratulations to Dusty and his friends and family. Big, big win. While we're on the topic, by the way, if you want to join the conversation, 921-1530, Since I touched on local sports, I have to, we have to bring up the dysfunction of your Sacramento Kings. And I say it again because, like Dusty, the Kings are kind of a, they're a local institution. They're a crown jewel locally. We all thought when the new arena got built, everything was going to work its way out. They are the most feudal team in the history of the NBA. 16 consecutive years without making the playoffs. You almost have to try to do that. That's how bad they are. Articles coming out about the toxic environment there. Um, And then... This week, another, uh, yeah, not only have they fired their coach, they've now fired two coaches this year. Uh, Joe Dumars, Hall of Famer, brought in to help right the ship. He tried to take control of the front office. He's gone. Just as, <laughs> almost like he threw up his hands and just left. And by the way, it wasn't because he wasn't any good. As a matter of fact, he was immediately hired by the NBA to run operations for the NBA. So we have an owner, Vivek Ranadive, 
who can't help himself, who thinks because he coached his daughter's team, he knows what he's doing. And even this week, as they're searching for a new coach, reports coming out, the GM wants one guy, but Vivek has his eye on someone he's liked for a long time. Hire good people and step aside and let them do their job. You, Mr. Ranadive, I mean, you, you are the reason an entire generation of Sacramento residents have never watched a relevant game. 16 years without a playoff game. When was the last time they played a game in March or April that meant anything? I mean anything. It's been a long time. Except for when they were leaving. And we have to give Vivek credit. He stepped in and kept the team here, built the new arena. But in terms of basketball operations, an abject failure. There's no way around it. You can't sugarcoat it. And he is still meddling. Let your basketball people hire the coach. I don't. No one cares who you met at a party ten years ago. Let your basketball people. It's it's the only chance we'll ever have. They're considering three coaches. Some would say experienced. Some would say retreads. You know, you have teams who have gone out on a limb and hired someone who's never coached before, and a few of them are doing fairly well. But for whatever reason. Mr. Ronadive cannot get out of his own way. And Joe Dumar's leaving with reports that he's pushing the GM to hire a specific coach is almost too much to take. And here, here's, here's the other piece of this. Two things. From a business sense, for your own, to save your own skin financially, figure it out and get out of the way. And here's why. All of those suite owners and loft owners, not to mention a lot of the courtside folks, the Folks who are dropping $1,500 a seat for a game and haven't seen a, a, a relevant game, and I mean a, a late season relevant game, a playoff game in nearly a generation, a lot of that money, a lot of those renewals are coming up in the next two to three years. And I don't know who you're going to get spending money to continue down the road. Vivek has pointed us. Uh, and the other part to this is... There's a lot of people associated with King's broadcasting, radio, TV, talk shows, and all that's great. But the truth of the matter is, they can't tell you the truth. They have huge conflicts of interest. They're either employed by Vivek, or they're employed by a station that has a contract with Vivek. So the people who know the most about the dysfunction, the people who could actually point it out, the people who could shine a bright light on the toxicity and complete ineptness of them as a basketball organization, don't say anything. Or if they do, it's muted, it's watered down. So I'm just saying it because no one else is saying it. Love the Kings, love the arena, love my city, disgusted by the by by what's going on and when everyone knows why it's going on because you have an owner who can't help himself but meddle in every hiring decision and he's been wrong 100% of the time 921-1530 1-800-834-1530 if you want to join in on this conversation it's just so hard to watch the playoffs going on and have another year. I mean, for now, you know, the Maloofs 
they had their own level of dysfunction. But for whatever reason, Sacramento attracts crazy when it comes to ownership. It really does. What are you going to do about it? Because And no one's telling you about it. And they make decisions. I mean, I had someone ask me, whatever happened to the Kings fast break dancers? They used to have these beautiful young women who were cheerleaders and danced. And I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to them. They disappeared. Did the Warrior Girls disappear? No. Did the Laker Girls disappear? No. Did the Niner or Raider Girls disappear? No. And I don't know if this was some reparations for the Me Too movement or something else, but the fast break dance team disappeared. And they put in some break dancing group that runs out there once a game and that's it. But I... I, I don't understand those decisions, I, and, and, and I could tell you about other stuff going on, but it really doesn't matter. If they had a team that was, remember, 10 teams make the playoffs. 10 teams now. It used to be 8. Now it's 10. 10 in their division, in their conference. It's not, uh, it, it's almost, you almost have to try to not make the playoffs for 16 consecutive years. That's how bad it's gotten. If you want to chime in, 921-1530, 1-800-834-1530, star or pound 1530. Uh, it, it, it's, I, hate bring, I, I hate being negative. I really do. But when the people who could actually point out the reasons for the dysfunction, the breakdown in leadership, you know, uh, everything that had to go wrong for the team to be this inept, when all those folks have their jaws wired shut because of contracts with the Kings or working for a station that has contracts with the Kings. Uh, you you got to talk about it. You, you, I mean, you can't deny. Imagine if, I mean, again, most futile franchise in the history of the NBA when it comes to playoff experience. Uh, what else do we have going on today? We got plenty. I want to touch on the Fed. I'm going to start, and we'll we'll take a break, and then we'll get back to it. But I want I want to touch on the Fed, and and it was um it was a it was a rally that uh, only Wall Street uh, will do. How often? How often will you see one of the biggest down days of the year followed closely by one of the biggest up days of the year? And it happened again. Market was down 900 points last Friday. Everyone's pulling their hair out including me, and uh, today uh, the Dow was up 900 points. The reason being, it's all tone. It's all tone. The the Fed did exactly what was expected. They raised rates by half a percentage point. It's the biggest hike in two decades, going back to 2000. This is their way of fighting inflation. They're also shrinking their um, balance sheet by allowing bonds to mature and not rebuying them and by selling some securities as well. That's going to start on June 1st. Why they picked June 1st, no one knows, but they picked that as the date to start. Uh, But the tone was much better than some prior meetings where, no, they're not going to do three-quarter point hikes. They're going to stick to half-point hikes for probably for the next meeting and maybe the meeting after that as they seek to normalize interest rates and get it to what they call neutral. What is neutral? That is is the interest rate they deem as to not be pushing the economy forward or in any way holding it back or tamping it down uh, in an effort to rein in inflation. So that that's that, that's what they're doing. Uh, but but it was all about tone. Uh, 
Uh, Jerome Powell is the head of the Fed. He was very erudite. He was very calm. I think we can. I think we can create a soft landing. What is a soft landing? A soft landing is any landing that gets interest rates to neutral and does not uh, involve a pronounced recession for the United States. That is a soft landing. It's a fairly broad definition. We're going to talk more about that, why the market rallied, where we're likely to go from here. Touch on a few other things as well. Kelly Brothers in for John McGinnis. You're listening to KFBK News Radio. When you're at home, you can always listen to KFBK. Just ask your smart speaker. Alexa, play KFBK on iHeartRadio. Kelly Brothers here for John McGinnis. Talking about sugar. (laughs) That's why I played that song. Uh, Sugar that was handed down uh, onto our economy in the form of loose monetary conditions and, of course, a lot of money that uh, pushed into the system by the Trump and the Biden administrations, both. Um, and now we're weaning ourselves off of that. And that's part of what the Fed is doing now is tightening things up and uh, throwing a little cold water on an economy that had overheated and that was being exhibited through inflation. So these rates going up, I mean, they're, you know, the, the effects are, are, are somewhat obvious. They control the very short end of the curve, but we have already seen mortgage rates move from sub 4% to above 5% literally in eight less than 8 weeks and and that's a i mean in california that could be 500 to 1000 dollars a month just in interest payments so it that that's a big number of course we're coming off historically low mortgage rates hopefully you had a chance to refi or to buy your dream home while rates were that low because it did and obviously every time these mortgage rates tick higher it does indeed impact uh, affordability, um, it, you know, in terms of uh, housing affordability in California, which is already tough given the elevated prices. But now you add on another 500 to 1000 bucks in interest, additional interest, and you could see why housing affordability will drop very, very quickly. Uh, any sort of variable interest rate, credit card, auto loan, uh, likely going higher. The good news is for savers, you're going to end up making a little bit of money. Um, you know, that that interest rates in banks and money markets will go from zero to 1% to one5 to 2 maybe even 2.5% at some point. Who knows? Of course, the hard part about that is, uh, you know, back when we were getting zero on our money, the inflation rate was, I don't know, let's call it 2%. So the gap, the real return was negative 2%. If now we're making 2%, but the inflation rate is 7.5, that gap is more than double, almost triple what it was before in terms of how much money we're losing in purchasing power because even though rates are going up, they're not going up as much as inflation. But the big hope of the Fed is that inflation plateaus and then comes back in a little bit. And because the uh, you know the pandemic forces at work on inflation yes that should absolutely happen the question is what about supply chain issues what about all the stuff we're trying to get from china what about uh the incredible inflation in wheat and uh other agricultural materials greatly impacted by the russian invasion of ukraine i mean think about all the wheat that came out of ukraine and if uh, if it's not coming out of ukraine 
then it's going to come from somewhere else, and that just means more competition from the same wheat. Probably means, you know, uh, it's probably good news if you're a wheat farmer because it means you're going to have more competition for your goods, but in terms of inflation, it'll push up the price of bread or whatever else you're buying at the time. So inflation is still the major issue. You know, the Fed can't control Ukraine, can't control China lockdowns because of COVID, uh, can't control all that. All they can do is is make uh, for tighter monetary conditions here. And and so that's what they are uh, trying to do currently. Happy to take your questions on that, 921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Always like to point out as well, since this is a local show, a uh, Sacramento guy, John Williams, grew up in River Park, went to Encina High School, uh, he is the president of the New York Fed. He is one of only three people in the country who votes on every rate increase. He's considered a permanent member of that committee. Uh, he was head of the San Francisco Fed, now head of the New York Fed. So always good to know that there's some local that there's some local stuff uh, going going on. Um, we're going to take a break for a little news at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we'll talk more about that. We have some local politics I want to touch on. We can dive into the abortion issue, which, of course, is uh, getting a lot of reaction. And uh, all that and more. 921-1530, You're listening to KFBK News Radio. Kelly Brothers in for John McGinnis. Kitty O'Neill, building a better Sacramento during the KFBK Afternoon News on KFBK News Radio. Kelly Brothers in for John Law, John McGinnis. Uh, I think he's back tomorrow. I uh, want to take a few of your calls after enough of my ranting. Uh, let's go to Bill in Sacramento. Bill, thanks for calling in. You're on the John McGinnis Show with Kelly Brothers. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Bill. Glad to hear, hear, have you on the air today. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I, I just have to comment. I really appreciate you taking the time to rake the king's management and ownership over the coals. I've never heard seen an organization that needed it more than the Kings do. Yeah, well, I, I and I don't do it with malice. I just need to point out that that it is the longest streak of futility in the history of the NBA, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. If Vivek is actually, why, why do you have a GM if you're just well, just just hire a coach and hand him to the GM? Um, exactly. But but I, I I'm sad about it. And I don't think we get the full story because, like I pointed out, the folks who could tell us the story all get a paycheck from the Kings. So, Bill, Indeed. Bill, appreciate your comments. Thanks so much. Let's go to uh, Lewis and Isak. Lewis, you're on the John McGinnis Show. Hi, Kelly. I guess uh, to follow that line of failure, my, my question is, this is something that's always perplexed me about the state of California. Why do they seem to be so proud that every year when they uh, – question businesses about which state is the best business to do business in in this country. Why does California always seem to come in last or near last? I, I don't understand that. I think as long as I've lived here, it seems to always hover around the bottom. And um, is that something the leaders of the state think is a good thing or, or what? <laughs> no, but they're covered by the fact that no matter what happens, we have the biggest economy. Um, and you look at the actual economic output by state, California's number one. And it really isn't close. And a lot of that is just simply 
great tech companies that grew up in the shadow of Stanford University, uh, to be honest right. with you. A lot of them, and um, and they continue to grow. And even though some are leaving the state, and even though most of them are are building significant operations outside the state, that w- that is enough to give us that head start, so they can okay. treat business the way they they treat business. We had a, I mean, another. You know, obviously, California doesn't want manufacturing here. It's dirty to our state leaders. It's they don't they don't want it. They they would rather. Um, and we got another sense of that this week when Hunter Douglas, they make window treatments, they shut down their West Sac manufacturing, 122 people out of work, and they're just going to fold that in in another state that they pointed out pretty pointedly that it, it's, it'll just be easier and better to do it somewhere else and stick it on a truck and bring it to California. So, um, can, I, can, I follow, can I follow this up with one poignant question in regards to that? Yeah. Is, there a, is there a statistic in the state... Um, how many people live in California that that are on public assistance? What's the percentage of that? Do you know? No, but I know uh, the the stat I know is that more than fifty percent of California's residents do not pay tax, and that the top one percent pay more than fifty percent of the tax. I know that. Okay. So so and that's another reason. I mean, believe, I deal with it every day with people who want to know. What does my retirement look like in another state if I'm not in California? And it and some people leave, some don't, but a lot of people are leaving, and it's it's sad. I told the story, uh, I think, on this show maybe three four years ago. I went to, I I uh, I'm not an aficionado, but I have one of those big green eggs, and you have to, you know, I was barbecuing and I was running oh, out yeah. of the briquettes, and so I went to buy the briquettes, and it said the bag said, you know. Uh, California oak briquettes, and then at the bottom it said it said uh, made in Mexico, and I thought, what does yeah. that even mean? How do you have California oak? I mean, or maybe do California oak trees well, grow in Mexico? But no, here's well, what they told know. me: they said because California won't allow us to do the process that uh, turns you know oak wood into oak briquettes, what they do is they take truckloads of California oak. They put them on a truck and move them all the way down I-5 into Mexico to a manufacturing plant just over the border where they're turned into briquettes, they're bagged up, and they're brought back into California. So literally an oak tree from the American River could have gotten on a truck, gone down to Mexico, been turned into briquettes, sent back, and boy, isn't that good for our environment, isn't it? Kelly, would that be considered, as the governor says, the California way? I, I sadly for manufacturing, it is the California way because yeah, yeah. we make it so tough. And and think huh. about it, even uh, in a publicly traded company, you couldn't justify manufacturing in California right yeah. now to your shareholders if you could do it cheaper yeah. somewhere else. Lewis, truly uh, appreciate uh, the call on that one, but you know, and. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it rings any bells for folks under the state capitol that California has now lost citizens the last uh, two years in a row, a little loss two years ago, a much bigger loss this year. L.A. Lo- LA County, I think, lost 70,000 residents um, as people are departing. And, uh, you know, we uh, I remember on Kitty's show, I did the story not that long ago that uh, U-Haul, uh, outbound U-Haul, uh, California was by far number one uh, of people hiring a U-Haul so they could leave California. 
and uh, you know, realize that that's that's U-Haul. That is working class people. That is students. That are folks who don't want to pay a moving company or can't pay a moving company, and they're going to move themselves, hiring a U-Haul to pack up and to get out of Dodge. This is not Elon Musk. Uh, that, by the way, don't don't be shocked at all when Elon moves Twitter out of the state. He almost certainly will. Um, it doesn't really matter because even though Twitter has a presence and is based in San Francisco, they have embraced remote work. Um, so, so uh, you know, that's, but it's U-Haul. You, it's folks in U-Hauls. It's not the rich and famous necessarily. It's good, hardworking people just deciding my fortune is best made elsewhere. My family can live a higher standard of living somewhere else. For whatever other reason, whether it's tax, whether it's regulation, whether it's uh, the cost of living, um, th- th- those folks are moving on. Also, another little tidbit I'll throw in there before we take a break, because I know we have a break coming up. Um, last month, there uh, the uh, SF Gate put out. They well, they this week they put out a list of the I can't remember if it was ten or eleven restaurants in San Francisco that closed down in the last month closed down permanently and the same day uh, a list came out of the major cities and the return to office and how that's going the average across the country is i think 40 to 45 percent um you know austin texas i think has about 60 percent of their folks back and you're thinking how do they track this they track it through castle which is a security firm and this is card swipes people swiping their id card as they go in and out of a building but bottom of the list was san jose and san francisco down at sub 30 percent and a lot of that is companies not, not come back that a lot of that is uh the state of california not coming back um and there's a huge economic impact to that and as, as I mentioned, 10, 11 restaurants in San Francisco last month shut down for good. And that lunches aren't what they used to be. And and dinners uh, you know, might be hit and miss. It's a very tough time still to be in that part of the business in one of California's major cities. Kelly Brothers in for John McGinnis. You're listening to KFBK News Radio. Back with more of your calls after this. KFBK, Sacramento's News Radio, 93.1 FM, 1530 AM. Actually, the sky is blue and it's 90 degrees, but still a good song. Still a great song. Uh, Kelly Brothers in for John McGinnis, final section. Going to take a few quick calls. Martha in Stockton. Martha, thanks for calling in. You're on the John McGinnis Show. As I was getting ready for work this morning, I heard them on the news saying the last two years they've lost. But I remember it being the last three years, and that was either last year or a year ago. People have been leaving California a lot longer than the last two years. Oh, people have been leaving California for a while, but there's there's still people coming to California. Um, and, you know, some over the border, some from other states. But, uh, you know, this is for another day. But it's. I'd love to take an hour someday and talk about Martha, and I appreciate the call, Martha, very much, uh, the, the demographic issues faced by our world today. Many of the institutions in our world only work uh, with, with a much higher birth rate than we have right now. 
Japan is at the tip of the spear of this issue, and it has been that way for a while. But we need more people. I mean, look at Social Security. It's all based on paying for people retired with new workers coming in. And our birth rate is not high enough. And, of course, our uh, immigration policy seemingly a mess. Uh, Do we have one other call? We didn't. Oh, he dropped off. Okay. Um, One last note, then. I, I just will bring up. You know, John, I think quite appropriately uh, encourages people to become engaged politically. Really, that's our only hope. Uh, it it really is. So I was asked uh, to by a business organization in Placer County to go out and moderate a debate between folks running for the new congressional seat out there. And um, overall, went pre- it went well. Good crowd. Great. Uh, good questions. Uh, they had different people asking questions from different walks of life. Great answers. Uh, Kevin Kiley didn't show up. He he didn't show. Um, Scott Jones was there. Kermit Jones was there. Dr. Kermit Jones, another candidate, but uh, no Kevin Kiley. And Mr. Kiley, if you're listening, there were some people kind of angry thinking um, those are uh, half of half of retail politics is showing up, Kevin. Um, and I was looking forward to meeting him. I've heard good things about him. Haven't met him yet. Um, he scares me a little bit because he kind of wants to be that which I fear, which is lifetime politicians. I don't know if he wants to be a lifetime politician, but he's starting young. I I, I prefer listening to uh, a Scott Jones who has incredible experience in law enforcement, a Dr. Kermit Jones who was very impressive. I'd never met him before, but his, uh, his work uh, serving his country as a doctor, as a lawyer, uh, uh, very interesting. So, I, I I would challenge everyone to get out and go to one of these candidate forums. Hopefully your candidates will show up, but uh, meet them, talk to them, ask them very pointed questions and really get a feel about who want who you want leading the state because otherwise um, it, it, it gets hairy fast. It, I mean, we're, it, it's almost like you abdicate who's leading when, when, when the situation is what it is with, with, with people who really don't know who they're even voting for. And believe me, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not on a high horse here. In that, I have walked into the to the bo- voting box and not been sure who some of the people on my ballot were, or what party they were, or what they stood for. I'll, I'll I will admit that right off the top. It's hard sometimes when you have judges and water district officials and school board officials. It it's tough, but um, it's it's the only way we get better representation. It it really is. So whether it's Congress or Senate or certainly, well, president, obviously, but or even some of the smaller, the state assembly, the state Senate, just just try to set aside an extra hour and a half to two hours to read the voting guide, ask a few questions, see if there's some way you can engage with your candidate um, a little more personally so that you feel like you're making a better decision. It really it's our only hope. Uh, in a democratic republic, it is our only hope. So, uh, uh, so, so please do that if you can, and um, because there's some there's some big elections coming up. Obviously, this is this is going to be, uh, and we don't have time to go into it now. But that's I'll tell you one thing about this uh, abortion uh, proposed ruling or draft ruling. Who knows whether or not it holds or not? But I think it will uh, energize some Democrats who had who had really just kind of um, shielded their eyes, didn't want to watch what was going on. Um, you know, some Democrats who 
who who just you know they they had fallen into um a level of despair with their own party. I, I think I think this is this does give a rallying cry for both fundraising and to get out the vote. So and maybe that's why the person who sabotaged this whole thing, maybe that's why he or she did it. And I truly hope they catch him and uh, do something significant to them and not a slap on the wrist because the integrity of, of, of that court has been impugned in a huge way. And uh, that that will need to change here pretty fast. But to go back to the very beginning, congratulations to Dusty, Johnny B. Baker, on his 2,000th win, joining a very elite group. And I truly hope that one day we can have a parade or a big city hall reception for Dusty Baker entering the Hall of Fame. Uh, He is absolutely deserving. The only problem is I think he has to retire for like five years before he can enter the Hall of Fame. So we'll hope that that will happen. And... um, Got a lot of texts and emails about the Kings. I don't mean to be too much of a downer on the Kings, but I just felt no one was talking about the level of ineptitude and certainly not with any level of specificity as to the contribution to that from the owner of the team, who apparently remains uh, very engaged in activities that maybe he should be handing off to the basketball people. We will see. Kelly Brothers in for John McGinnis. John back, of course, tomorrow. Thanks to Kendall on the board and uh, the fantastic Kitty O'Neill in here for the afternoon news right after this short break.